listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars, the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. Good evening, everyone. My name is Father Ignatius, and it is my joy to celebrate this Mass with you. And I got to be quite frank, I thought this moment that I'm going to be the main celebrant will come much later. Hmm? Much, much later. Here's re- because there's only a handful of events, right? The, the brothers, the sisters, and the guests, family, friends, all come together and celebrate. And look how many priests we have, right? And I've only been ordained about two and a half years, so I'm like bottom of the totem pole when it comes to seniority. So by the time it cycles down to me, I thought it would be at least like 20, 21, 22, somewhere around there. <laughs> so, so, so when I got the call from Brother Ignatius Pio, who's in charge of the liturgy, he called me up out of the blue in the evening and he says, Father Ignatius, could you be the main celebrant for the Holy Thursday? I said, you got it! <laughs> I didn't even think, yeah, absolutely! <laughs> Then something dawned on me. <laughs> so, so I said, wait a minute, did you just say Holy Thursday? He goes, yeah. Isn't that the mass where I have to uh, wash the feet of other people? <laughs> he goes, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Is there a problem? (laughs) Yeah, I don't do feet. (laughs) What do you mean you don't do feet? I I don't do feet. (laughs) Listen, if you live with brothers, you would understand. (laughs) I don't even like watching my own feet, you know? (laughs) So I said, what, could I just let the deacons do it? you can't let the deacons do it? I said, what I'm doing now, you you don't understand it now, but you'll understand it later. (laughs) Uh, Well, fact of the matter is, he understood me quite well. But how blessed are we? How blessed are we that we have a teacher, a master, God, who is humble enough that he is willing to bend down to wash the foulness of our feet. It's quite radical, don't you think? Culturally speaking, the feet, the Jewish, uh, Jew, uh, Jews thought the feet, the bottom of the feet especially, was the most dishonorable part of the body. So what Jesus was doing as a master is something just unheard of. But you know what? That is just a symbolic gesture of what is to come the following day. Something far more radical, where our God, infinite God, who comes down to wash the foulness of our soul, all the guilt, all the shame, 
all the sin, all the misery, and he comes to wash away our soul by going on the cross. Hmm? And St. Paul speaks of this quite well in the, one of his letters to the Philippians, which I could if I find it, and explains it quite well. He says, Though he was in the form of God, Jesus did not deem equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness. He was known to be of human estate, and it was thus that he humbled himself, obediently accepting death, death on a cross. Instead of us, because of our sins being on the cross, it was our Lord who humbly accepted not only taking our flesh, but dying on the cross, which is a manner of death in which only the violent criminals and the slaves are put to death that way. Hmm? And it's precisely this that our Pope uh, uh, Emeritus, is that how you say it? Emeritus Benedict says, it is precisely in this that God himself could make himself small, humble himself for our sake, that reveals the greatness of our God. But you know something that is far more amazing? God did not come here so simply to reveal his greatness. He didn't need our praise or, or our recognition. Rather, he came down and humbled himself precisely so that he could make each and every one of us great. And you know what? This greatness, this desire, the seed to be great is in your heart. It's already in your heart. A week ago, about the same time this time, Brother Sean and I were flying into Toronto to, to do a men's retreat over there. And we've, we got there quite late because of the mechanical failure of the plane and everything. Yeah, we were okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then when the plane finally landed, it landed in the most inopportune time for my sitting partner, a young lady sitting next to me. Because when we landed, you know that the, the light goes on in the plane? Light went off, and it's bright. And I turned to just wish her you know, safe trip to wherever she was going. And she was filled with tears. Hmm? So I said, are you all right? And she said, hey, that's so funny. <laughs> she said, yeah, I'm all right. I was just watching a movie. I said, what movie? Thinking that I could watch it on the way back, you know, on the trip way back. You think it might be some awesome drama. You know what she watched? Guardian of the Galaxy. <laughs> part two, part two. <laughs> so, you know Guardian of the Galaxy. It's, it's a movie based on a cartoon, a comic book, right? And she, here she was, crying. And I said, and I tried not to laugh, and I said, <laughs> I said, what happened, did somebody die? And this is what she said. She said, yeah, but she died in sacrifice. Hmm, da-da. <laughs> and isn't it true? Just us, her, 
we too, when we watch movies, right, don't we like and moved by the characters who sacrifices him or herself, right? When there's a war or battle going on, a guy who jumps in front of the, the, the flying bullet to save his friend, a guy who jumps on the grenade in order to save his platoon, the guy who doesn't run away and does the most incredible things in the face of death. Are we almost amazed by those characters? Or even in ordinary circumstances of life? Are we edified by those who live their lives so generously? They, they never think of themselves. They spend hours serving others, their money, resources, whatever you, time, energy. And we say, yeah, that guy, that lady is quite awesome. But the flip side is just the same, isn't it? Hmm? Do we like those characters when things enemy comes because to protect him or herself they flee even worse they abandon their friends their comrades even worse they betray their friends do we like them do we like those characters in the movie who just to get ahead to serve themselves they cheat and lie and steal and kill. Do we like these kind of characters? No. If we're watching Cinderella, don't we wish we could be Cinderella rather than the wicked stepmother? <laughs> right? Amen, brother. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be Cinderella than the wicked stepmother. Am I right? <laughs> but the amazing thing is, <laughs> the amazing thing is we too have the wicked stepmother in all of us, huh? Yeah, if I look at myself, I too have this wicked stepmother. This self... <laughs> Don't read into that statement. Turn it off, turn it off. person who seek self-serving, my opinion, my viewpoint, my way, my likes, just me, me, me. That person lives in me. The very person that I don't like in movies or around lives in me as well. Isn't it true? So what is good news in all this? The good news in, in all this is our Savior, Jesus Christ, knew that. So you know what the remedy is? The Lord's Supper. What he gives us this night is a remedy that will transform all this self-centeredness in us into this greatness that we desire to be. Because on this night, Jesus himself gave us two gifts, mystery, the mystery of the priesthood of the new covenant and the mystery of the Eucharist. And these two are intimately united. What is the primary role, principal role of a priest? 
principal role of a priest is to offer sacrifice. Offer sacrifice. So what does the, uh, the priest of the new covenant offer as a sacrifice? St. Paul told us in our second reading. He says, brothers and sisters, I received from the Lord what I handed on to you. In other words, he doesn't come up with his own idea of what to offer for sacrifice. No, he receives it because our Lord handed it on to the apostles and they themselves handed on to St. Paul, the one of the first priests of the new covenant goes on. That the Lord Jesus on the night he was handed over took bread and after he had given thanks, broke it and said, this is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. In other words, what St. Paul offered, and every single priest from the time of the apostle until the last blooming priest, until Jesus comes again in the second coming, offers the same sacrifice. And that sacrifice is none other than the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. How does this work? Our Lord and Savior knew that the next day after the supper, he would give everything of himself, his body, blood, everything, his entire life on the cross. And knowing that, he gave us the sacrament of the Eucharist, made it into a sacrament so that wherever this sacrament, this Eucharist is celebrated, we are truly present because the very sacrifice of Christ is represented presented again in our midst. In other words, in some mysterious way and through the eyes of faith, you and I are kneeling before the very sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Why did he do this? Why did he institute this Eucharist? I really think it's because our broken humanity cries out for it. I think our humanity demands this. Why? I don't know about you, but those of you who really have taken seriously of following Jesus Christ, I don't know about you, but each and every day, I see my flaws, I see my weaknesses, our sinful tendency, and my failures each and every day. And there are times I want to despair because the journey is too hard. It's times like this I too need to see something greater than my misery. And that's when Jesus says, and from, I could see it, I could hear through the words of a priest, this is my body given up for you. Me, this is my blood poured out for you, me. In other words, my misery, all the 
yuckiness. <laughs> you didn't hear that either. All the dishonorableness in me is over-encompassed by the infinite mercy of God, infinite love of God for me. So that's what the priest of the new covenant offers, the sacrifice of Jesus. But there's more. It is no longer simply the priest offers the sacrifice of Jesus. He now offers the sacrifice of his mystical body, which is you. Oops. <laughs> which is you. In other words, when Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me, or in the gospel today, when he says, if I have washed your feet, you too need to go out and wash others. Hmm? In other words, it's not just my sacrifice I want. I want you to bring your sacrifice. My brothers and sisters, Eucharist is not something that simply we receive passively. Rather, Jesus himself wants to make each and every one of us into a Eucharist. And when we take this mandate seriously, it is Jesus himself who walks with us and purifies us. I'll give you an example. Many years ago in our shelter when I was working there, we had this elderly gentleman. And he's probably a lot younger than how he looks because for much of his life, he was addicted to drugs. Huh? And for the grace of God, he somehow ended up in our shelter. In a moment of clarity, he finally said, you know what, I had enough of this and came to our, sh our shelter. But you know, coming off of lifelong use of drugs is not easy. Hmm? And he would have these, something like a, a psychotic events where he doesn't even know where he is and everything else. And one day, he had a complete loss of his mind and his body, and he had, a, uh, he had an accident. Uh, he lost the complete control of his bowels. And he had an accident, hmm? and he didn't even know what was going on. So not only he made a mess of his, uh, his pants, but he smeared it all over the bathroom of the shelter. Hmm? I got to tell you, if I was the brother on that duty, I'd be like, who's the volunteer tonight? <laughs> yeah, I'm just being real, all right? But not this brother. Without a single look of contempt, a word of rebuke, or hostile, or anger, he lovingly washed him, put him to bed, and while the man fell asleep, sound asleep, the brother cleaned the bathroom all night, hand washed the pants, so that he would have something to wear the next morning. Hmm. That was Jesus. That was Jesus showing me what true sacrifice looks like. But like good father, he not only gives an example, he also corrects. Many years ago too, you know brothers, every once in a while, right, especially during winter time, uh, frequently we'll go out what we call Jesus run, right? We pack the food, drinks, clothes, and the, 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 the blankets, 
in this freezing night, late at night, and we're going out on Jesus' run. And again, I didn't want to go. <laughs> Why go? I got a warm bed, you know? But I went with the brothers and the volunteers. Yeah? And they're serving everyone. We ended up in this uh, drop-in center. We go down to this dropping center, and the very first person that I saw and this volunteer young lady with me was this elderly lady sitting on a chair. You know in a dropping center, they can't even lie down. They're forced to sit up all night, even though they're tired and sleeping. Hmm? So here's, she is sitting down. So I bent down along with this young lady. I had a blanket and the food and everything else. And I said, hey, do you need anything? And I got to tell you, honestly, I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be there the whole night. Hmm? But I offer. I offer blankets. I offer food and everything else. But she gave me this most disappointed look. Hmm? And rather, she turned her gaze toward this young lady. And the things was coming out of this lady was so gentle, so kind. So compassionate. In other words, she truly desired to enter into the life of this lady. And isn't it true, brothers? So much in our service, it's not what we give. It's not the service we provide. It's how we give. How we provide this service. Hmm? That was the Lord correcting me through that lady. Saying, how not to serve. But our Lord, like good father, also encourages, also encourages. Just last month, the brothers and our associates were walking the streets of Newburgh picking up trash. And as I was picking up trash, from the other side of the street, this young lady calls out, Father, Father. So I looked up. It's a lady that we met many, many times in the, while we were walking the streets of Newburgh. We moved there about a year ago, a little over a year ago, right? This lady, obviously, she's addicted to drugs, skinny as heck, hmm? and that look of, of, a, of a, an addict. But every time we see her, we pray with her, share little cookies or what have you, hmm? and ask her how she's doing about her life and everything else. Huh? This day, she's yelled, Father, look! And she showed me, showed me her tummy. And she showed me her face. You know what she was showing? She was so proud that she gained little weight. Because she said, Father, I've been off drugs for two months. She was so proud to share this with me. You know times when we serve? There are times where we ask ourselves, are we doing anything? Are we making any changes? Does any of our sacrifices do anything? You know, my response to her, because I was so moved by what she was sharing with me, I just said, keep going, keep going. Hmm? But in retrospect, I think that was our Lord telling me, keep going, keep going. You're touching lives. Just give little of yourself everything. Hmm? You're changing lives. So, the priest of the new, uh, new covenant, 
offers the sacrifice of Jesus and gathers all your sacrifices up and unite it to the sacrifice of Jesus where he purifies it, cleanses it, make it pleasing to the Father through his blood and offers to the Father. And because he comes through the hands of his beloved Son, the Father lovingly accepts what we're offering and sends down to you and I the graces to persevere, to grow, and to become more like Jesus each and every, every day. This is the mystery that you and I are celebrating. So are we ready to receive this, this Eucharistic feast? Are we ready to receive it in the manner of which that the Israelites left Israel, how did they say it? With a loins girt. I don't know what that means, but it seems serious, right? <laughs> loins girt, sandals on your feet, and your staff in hand. You shall eat like those who are in flight. They were in flight out of, out of slavery of Egypt. You and I are to eat this because we're a flight out of sin. We are on a pilgrimage to greatness. If you and I would give ourselves totally each and every day to this sacrifice and unite our sacrifice to that of Jesus, each and every day, it is he who will pledge to us. One day, one day, you too will be great. That person, that greatness that you have in your heart, I will promise you, I'll make you into true sons and daughters of God. Praise be Jesus Christ. been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans